Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon. Brandon Wound, Big Ups. Hey, this is me, Todd Novak. We are super stoked that you are listening to our show, the Guitar Knobs podcast, the guitar-orama, everything about uh, builders and makers and the movers and shakers, movers and makers, and all that business, all that stuff. Yes. Uh, Tony, what do we focus on typically here? You know, the, the boutique builders. That is true. Builders of guitars, amps, amps, people that pedals, pedals, special stuff, pickups, all the things, pickguard makers, movers, shakers. We already mentioned that influencers. We have a very special one on the line today. Who are you? Hey, uh, I am Cindy Hewlidge of Cindy Guitars, and I am based out of Carmine Street Guitars in Greenwich Village, New York City. That is fantastic. And Woo-hoo. we had, Didn't we talk to somebody else woo. from that very place? We sure did. Uh, we talked to yeah. Rick Kelly. <laughs> oh, that guy. Your buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's on a movie show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I saw him on the big screen. You guys are both on the big screen. Uh, so Cindy, we're really excited to have you on. I really appreciate (laughs) you coming on, especially such short notice. We just, you know, we just uh, contacted each other last week and you were available and that was great. We had an opening and I was like, woo. Yeah, no, I'm psyched to be here. (laughs) Awesome. We're going to have a fun time tonight. We're going to talk about all kinds of cool guitar stuff. And we're going to hear about all of your exciting backstory and everything that you're up to currently. First... We're going to take care of some guitar knob stuff. Uh, we got a couple of announcements. We're going to give a big, ginormous high five to Rode microphones. Yes, there was one high five. That was there. a big high five. <laughs> uh, we want to say thank you to them for uh, helping us out so much, uh, providing our audio equipment here in our studio. Yes. I, didn't I see them on? They were wearing Guitar Knobs t-shirts. You better believe it. My two pals, the Nicks, they're both named Nick. <laughs> Is that a requirement for working at Road? Uh, maybe. Nick, <laughs> Nicholas Leonard and Nick Stillman, uh, these guys have been so good to us. They've just been trying to figure out, hey, how can you guys work with us? How can we work with you? And it's it's been awesome. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that relationship. And we are going, we're recording today through the... Now world famous Roadcaster Pro console, um, and uh, this is working out just absolutely spankingly. I don't. I was searching for a good adjective, and that one fit. And then we are also recording through the Procaster mics, uh, which are awesome, and we love them. I like so, the articulating arms. Everybody knows that now. Uh, so thanks so much to Rode for helping, uh, a, a helping the little guy us out. Yeah. There you go. I have a, a champion lucky magnet sticker on my articulating arm. Good. By the way. Yes, I hope you don't get it too close to the microphone because then that'll <laughs> screw everything up. <laughs> All right. So uh, we also, speaking of that, um, one of the one of our favorite things to do recently is that we like to grab our listeners um, for on the floors, not just like you know most of our listeners, but especially those that are are uh, in, involved in pay, in our patronage on Patreon. Um, but this one is coming from someone I just mentioned, Nick Stillman, ah, who uh, is a who's one of our road buddies. Yeah, I said, uh, hey, I'd, I'd love to know. He, he he's he listens to the show all the time down in Australia. He loves the show, and so I said, man, send us your four on the floor, and he sure did. The so dingo ate you, baby. Sh- I'm gonna share that with everybody. Uh, so his first pedal, his first four on the floor pedal, is the Electro Harmonics Deluxe Memory Man, the XO version. And he says uh, the first pedal I ever bought was an EHX Memory Boy, which was okay but had some limitations. I became really attached to the vibrato sound on it though so i sold it and bought a memory man instead it's pretty much the only pedal i own i would never swap it out for anything else it is irreplaceable i kind of use it as a modulation pedal with the vibrato dialed up quite a bit the repeats short and the feedback on the brink of self oscillation i love being on this brink of self i feel like i'm always on the brink of self oscillation it creates this warbly wash that is just bliss it is really hard to turn off sometimes that's a great one number 2 <laughs> electro harmonic sovtech big muff 
I got this for 60 pounds from an old rocker when I was traveling in London. You guys can do the currency uh, conversion um, a few years back, which was a damn good deal considering how much they go for these days. See, they say damn in Australia. Oh, yeah. They also say damn in Holland. Yes, they do. <laughs> ha ha. Um, I think I'd find it hard to sell, though. It is a beast. So fat and creamy. Mm. It's been on my baseboard for a while now, but I think I might need to make it return to my guitar board sometime soon. Uh, the next one is the Chase Bliss Dark World. This is one of the Chase pedals I haven't really I heard know that about. One. But no. um, he says, I've had a, quite a few reverb pedals in the past, and none of them have got have really impressed me that much, which is a bummer because it's probably my favorite effect. I only got the Dark World a few weeks ago and it has completely blown me away. The three classic, quote, reverbs on on the, the world side of this pedal, there's a side called the world, are, are incredible. Keeley, Robert Keeley, did a great job. Uh, the spring is splashy, the plate is bright and shimmery, and the hall is lush. He's very good at describing these pedals. I'll say. These alone outshine any <laughs> reverb I've owned previously. Then add to the wackiness of the dark side. The filter sweep and tremolo and chorus effects you can get with the ramping feature and routing option is really an exceptional bit of gear. Ooh. That was a, that was a <laughs> mouthful. I know. That was great. Um, okay. The last one. I'm going to try to pronounce this right. Uh, Ryosuke Effects Sense Compressor. Uh, Ryosuke Effects is owned and run by Sean Kasky from the Australian band The Last Dinosaurs, who is a mate of mine, and I really love the Sense Compressor. For ages, I never really considered buying a compressor because I didn't really understand them. Welcome to the rest of us in the world. Um, but after I got this, I realized it's a pretty essential pedal for how I play. This one is really nice and smooth, but also has a lot of character when cranked up. The tone switch is really handy too. I rarely turn it off mate i added the mate haha <laughs> okay uh so hey thank you so much nick stillman um he has an exceptional quaff of hair by the way if you yeah. go look him up on the internet i saw that really I saw outstanding that. i really enjoyed that I'm a little jealous. on the floor i really that was good it. it was a right? good one thank you for that was sharing. a nice one thank you for sending that buddy um also i think that's it for announcements let's yes so uh pretty soon here uh, Summer Nam is coming around, and uh, I will be down there along with Tony Baloney, and yep. and uh, we're we're we'll have an uh, an exhibit. And we're gonna are we gonna get a a, uh, a cardboard life size cutout of Todd so people I can take pictures. I was thinking we could do that. That would be cool. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that, that, that would be pretty amazing. That would be cool. So you get the real Jared, the real Tony Baloney, and, and then you get and a cardboard and you can cut take out a picture. I, honestly, like I might even if you guys do that, I, I might even pony up for that. Oh, that wow. would be that would be pretty that would be really cool. fun to do. Yeah, I probably won't pony up for. It, so anyway, <laughs> if if you're around Nashville, uh, get yourself uh, into Nam and and uh, come meet us. We'd yeah. we'd really enjoy it. And maybe take a picture with the fake me <laughs> all right let's talk about guitar stuff in our real worlds <laughs> this week everybody i'm gonna i'm gonna go with jared real quick yeah so i've been talking about the two jazz masters they're done i have them they're almost done i i need to do just a few more little tiny things but um the time that i decided to buy the cases was actually on memorial day so i get i, I got on the internets and I just went to uh, Guitar Genter, or however you want to say you it. You can say it. And <laughs> I got a heck of a deal on a couple of cases. And I didn't, I, I got them like two days ago. Yeah. And um, I, it was a really good sale. Um, I think I, I think the total bill was 100, 130 bucks for two, for, for two for cases. For two cases? Hard for cases? two, yeah. Oh, right they're on. they're gator cases. Oh, okay, that's they're great. not. Yeah, they're not super high quality. But still, you know, that's a that's smoking good deal for smoking us. Smoking good deal. And when I open the boxes, those are, those are good quality cases. They're not yeah. bad. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. And um, there was a bunch of this paper uh, packaging in it, and I was like, score, because I use that all the time. And so I I kind of felt I felt good seeing that. And then I looked at the case, and I'm like, this is not gonna fit. It's not gonna fit. 
put the guitars in there. Perfect fit. I was so happy. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. So I, I got these cases on a smoking good deal. And they fit great. And you got packing material. And I got extra packing material to a lot of packing material. So I'm really happy about uh, the purchase. That's great. Nice. Cindy, how about yourself? We'd love to hear from you at this point in the show. And so would everybody else. So we didn't just make that up. (laughs) I mean, basically in my world, I'm kind of in the middle of a build where I'm doing lap steel inlays based off of the 49 uh, lap steel like the fender lap steel inlays but i'm doing my own version oh wow. which is kind of a pain in the ass because um the smaller dots and stuff i don't really have a uh, a bit for it they don't really make a bit that small so i realized i have to drill and uh or i have to hand cut eight smaller dots and obviously the you know the oval ones and things like that but wow um, in terms of anything else, I mean, um, I feel like nobody else that I really know are into, like, those jazz tone picks, which, like, I don't know why, because I grew up, I really grew up, like, my dad played guitar for 40 years, and so I grew up watching him, and, like, he was a really good guitar player, um, but he played he played, oh, whatever. He played like the really, uh, like the gray nylon, like uh, Dunlop picks, or he played the just like big triangular, like bass picks, you know? Right. So he would give me those bass picks, and I've always been between those. And since I started at the shop and found the Dunlop, like Jazz Tone 205s, like those really thick little, little teardrop one. shaped yeah. black ones with a gold. I swear, like, I can't do the 206. I can't do the 204. I can't do any other size. But the 205s are just my favorite. And I don't know why, but it doesn't matter what I'm doing or what I'm playing. But, like, I just find those so comfortable. And, like, I don't play jazz, really. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of all over the place from blues to, like, metal or, like, whatever. You know, I grew up with punk rock and southern rock and the whole classic guitar thing but uh-huh. like i just love those picks and i love like the big triangle bass ones too but perfect cool I mean, as awesome. far as anything like that that's kind of a well that's yeah. that's a good window <laughs> into your uh, guitar world right now that's cool tony baloney how about yourself well um every once in a while a project presents itself that i can involve people that I work with closely. Um, a, a good customer brought in, and it's, it's nothing special, but to him it's special. It's, a, it's just a Squire Jazz Master that he wanted to beef up a little bit, put a new guard on it. So we're going to do something fun there. But then he was saying, you know, I'm just not happy with these Jazz Master pickups. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, I, I really like P90s. Um, so I said, huh. Let me get in touch with my buddy Jared over here to That's see me. if he can make a P90 that will fit <laughs> into a Jazzmaster uh, cover. Yep. And, you know, five minutes into a phone call, Jared says, well, yeah, I can do that. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. He does it all the time. I so we're going to, uh, I, I think we're going to make <laughs> this guy very happy by putting basically from the top side, he likes the look of the cover of a jazz master mm-hmm. pickup. He just isn't crazy about the tone. So we're going to fix him up. I think pretty good with this. And, and of course he wants, uh, it's a, it's a kind of a red metallic, uh, jazz master. And he wanted to do the tiger eye shell. Oh my! Guard. So he's he's going for a, a crazy, really Ooh. really crazy look. So better yeah. unique. But I, I always <laughs> I always enjoy it when I can you know it, I, I'm I'm very fortunate where I have a guy like Jared that if I have some crazy pickup request, uh, I can just give him a call and he can tell me nine times out of ten, yay. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's like you don't want to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, that, that, that was that was that was just a project that presented itself this past week, and uh, and we're going to get on that and uh, make another happy customer for thank you, Tony, Big Guardian, and Brandon Wound pickups. Thank that you, sounds Danny. I like it. How about you, Todd? What's going on in your yeah? What are world you doing this week? Man? Well, I swung down to uh, speaking of Jazzmaster. Um, I I got my uh, one eyed Vinny which is my jazz master caster thingamabob 
that I that we put together. It's uh, rattle can gold underneath the black, with, right? With underneath the black, so that it's got some natural wear it's got some you know some prompted wear and i said you know i just want a little bit more as i'd like to see a little bit more of this gold on here so i got a little bit of sandpaper and started going at it and uh pretty soon made a pretty good mess and so i said hey chase <laughs> and chase uh gullet you know ex- incredibly talented guitar maker Love and he also owns uh, Get- gullet guitar service uh i said hey can you uh you want can he's the one who put it together and set it all up and painted it and made it all awesome uh i said hey let's get some more can you buff this out please <laughs> so he said yeah bring it down and we had a good time talking in his new shop and uh now i got a I got it back and it's, you know, it's just got a little bit, I keep adding character to it, which is fun. It's not a precious guitar. It plays like a dream, but it's, it's not precious. So it's, I it's get to have tool. fun with that. It's, it's very much a tool. I'm going to use it tomorrow night. I'm going to destroy the stage with it. It's going to be awesome. Yay. Nice. So anyways, <laughs> oh, let's talk to Cindy about her guitar let's business do it. stuff. Uh, Cindy, <laughs> can you remind us exactly Speaking how you pronounce? Speaking of tools. Yes. <laughs> um, and can you remind us how you pronounce your last name? Hewlidge. Hewlidge. <laughs> so, Cindy, you are, are in close proximity daily with the famous Rick Kelly at uh, Carmine Street Guitars. And he kind of alluded a little bit to you in our show when we had him on. Obviously, there's a movie out right now about your shop and uh, what you are doing there and and Rick's history and how the whole thing kind of came about. And we were just so uh, pleased and honored to have him on the show. We had a great time with him and he spoke so highly of you. And uh, so instantly we're like, well, we got to get her on right away. Um, so <laughs> we're going to drill you with a bunch of questions. We're going to ask a bunch of things and you can answer those things. Uh-huh. All right. I think first of all, yeah. you just had this big movie thing happen to you. Can can you tell us just a little bit about how that affected you? Um, where you are with that right now? Uh, I mean, personally, I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of traveling because of it. And I feel like because I've taken on the social media, whereas, you know, I wasn't even on social media before I was at the shop, which was actually seven years ago now. It's not five, like the movie says. I mean, that was shot when it was five. It's seven now. Um, so I've been building for seven years. But, um, you know, I started, I started the Instagram back then because I felt like people needed to see what Rick was doing. So that's when I started the Carmine Street Guitars Instagram and, uh, you know, I was off social media at that point. So between, between that and, and, you know, all the promotion, it's kind of like I'm dealing with now because I have my own brand and Rick was like, well, you know, you, you have to be on Instagram and Facebook now too, because, you know, you can't be just under the, the Carmine street one, you know, that's like, you gotta be under Cindy guitars too. And like, mm-hmm let people know that, you know, you're your own thing and what you're doing is, you know, what you're doing. So, you know, I deal with my Instagram. I deal with his, you know, well, his Instagram, you know, the shop Instagram. Uh, I deal with, you know, my emails and the websites. And um, and then I also deal with the, the traveling, really, because, uh, you know, Rick didn't leave his bench the last 30 years until he went to toronto back in september or early october i think it was september actually early september um for the movie and that was only a few days and then that was his first time technically out of country and then he went to amsterdam um which was his first time out of country really for a few days but um for me it's been a lot just because I've had to travel so much, but it's been a real, it's been a real life changer in terms of experience, even if it's, you know, it's kind of that thing. Like I really want to be behind the bench, but it's also kind of an experience of a lifetime kind of a thing. And it's important for me personally to be out there representing the shop as best I can when we're in this position, because I know that Dorothy and Rick are where they're at, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, 
you know, I should go out there and talk to people that really do like the movie and, you know, would want to meet someone or whatever. And, you know, if Ron can't make it the director, then he's always sent me the invitations for stuff. So I feel like I've tried to just pick that up, but it's, it's really just kind of that thing where me and Rick both just really love working. And, you know, we like that kind of like, go home, work a little bit, hang out, do your thing, paint, whatever, work in the shop. (laughs) It's we don't really work a day in our lives, you know? So the movie's definitely been, um, it's, it's, it's been amazing. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's a lot of work, but it's really, it's really great too. You know, could you imagine such a great job on it? I mean, could you have imagined seven years ago that you would be on uh, the Guitar Knobs podcast? <laughs> right. I wouldn't have imagined any of this, honestly. I, w- I would have laughed at everything. <laughs> I'm honored to be on your podcast. I'm, I'm honored to be, uh, honestly, no, really, I'm like, I'm honored to be in the movie. I'm honored to be, you know, just working at the shop every day and, and being able to do stuff like this. Cause, uh, I, I definitely feel very, very lucky, especially growing up and coming from what I did. I've, I've worked my way up here a hundred percent. I don't come from money or anything else. So, I mean, it's really a lot of hard work, you know, personally to get to this place. So cool. yeah. it means a lot for sure. You know, well, and that's one of the things I think Rick was really keen on on making sure that everybody that was listening to his own episode understood. Um, I, I really appreciated how, as a mentor, he was, you know, trying to shine as much of his light on you. And I, I think that says a, a great deal about about him, obviously, but also about your working relationship and your talent. Um, so... Speaking of your past, I, like I'm gonna guess since you referenced your dad, that you kind of fell into the guitar yeah. world via him. Could you talk about that a little bit? Well, I mean, I grew up with my parents. They were never really married. Um, and my dad was always into guitar. My mom liked music, but she was into stuff like the Supremes and Madonna and stuff like that. I grew up with them both, but uh, I lived. A majority with my grandfather who was a stone setter and built buildings in new york like seven world trade and uh you know a lot of other uh famous buildings here so you know he worked with uh, granite and stuff like that all the time and his father was a stone setter here as well um but he was kind of a you know a major part of my backbone growing up and so between his influence, which he was born in 1935. So, you know, I grew up with Elvis and a lot of oldies, you know, 101.1 CBS FM when it was actually CBS FM and not what it is now Mm. Um, in New York, you know, a lot of the oldies, 50s, 60s stuff. And then my dad played a lot of uh, Southern rock and um, a lot of just of the, you know, the classic rock and roll stuff, you know, Uh uh, typical typical guitar stuff or whatever. So, um, and then I got into like street punk when I was about 10. So my influences have kind of been all over the place, but, um, and then I had a couple artists in my family. So, um, but I mean, in terms of guitar though, I mean, my dad gave me a guitar. It was actually a Stuart or or a phonic, which I still have. Oh, wow. And I kept it all this time. He gave it to me when I was about eight. Yeah. And I haven't found too much info on that. I know it was probably like some Sears like thing or whatever. Um, my grandmother worked at Sears too, his, his mother. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal with it was. I don't know where he found it. I was too little to know the story, but he brought this thing over and it was set up for a lefty. It has lefty controls in it. I don't know if it was set up later or what, but, um, it has lefty controls and it was set up for a righty, you know, it had a righty nut in it and stuff. So the controls are up by my arm. Um, I'm a righty. Um, and it was just this huge body. Rick's got the picture of me in the shop when I was eight, when I first strummed it, they took a picture of me in the house when he first gave it to me. But I mean, the action was like, 
an inch and a half off the fingerboard and the strings were like rusted. <laughs> I was like, you guys going to give me a tennis shot or what? For this, thing? <laughs> this is like, I can't play this damn thing. Even at eight, it was just like, what? Um, but he gave me my first electric when I was about 10. Mm. And, um, and I really, it was a, it was a Fullerton. It was oh, a Fullerton wow. Strat. It was a blue Fullerton Strat with a white guard that I ended up putting some stickers on. He traded the necks off later, and I don't know where the hell that neck is, but um, but I have the body here uh, with a different neck on it. Um, okay. But um, yeah, I learned. I kind of learned on that thing, and uh, I had that for years growing up from when I was about ten to probably about fourteen or fifteen, and then I switched over to some other stuff. But uh. Mm. Yeah, I grew up playing that, and uh, that really got me into really playing, you know. Um, and I was always borrowing different guitars from him in the meantime. He had a couple Jacksons. He had a couple Les Pauls, and he had a whole bunch of other stuff uh, throughout the years that I always watched him play on. So, Who, who were you, uh, like, emulating early on? Uh, you know, I think most people tend to try to play what they like, what they listen to. I know you mentioned street punk. That's where my kind of hard mm. has always been so like curious to know where you're at with that i mean honestly with guitar just because i was brought up with watching my dad play guitar i was playing led zeppelin and the casualties at the same time when i was uh, about 10 years old <laughs> nice. a global threat and like <laughs> Uh, leftover crack and <laughs> all these kind of crazy. I mean, I was kind of like all over. Yeah, I was kind of like all over the place with that stuff when I was pretty young. And um, uh, but you know, I was also playing, you know, Leonard Skinner. And then um, I, I, I was really kind of all over the place with guitar. It was more so just you know whatever I could really learn. I didn't really care about that at that point. Um, but in terms of listening, I mean, I would always put, you know, funk on. But um, And then I've always been a huge Aussie fan. So I, I love Sabbath and Randy Rhodes and all that stuff. That's always been Sounds like you got all yeah. the bases covered. We can definitely <laughs> hang out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you go from uh, being, you know, having a guitar in your life to then, you know, obviously playing. You're getting more acclimated to it. Um at, at some point, you get the, the bug to get your hands a little deeper into that. To walk us through that. Well, basically, uh, I mean, I've always been a very hands-on person. Um, in terms of my art or anything else, I, I kind of I got a full scholarship to art. And I was taking art classes during my high school summers. Um, but I was also playing guitar on my own. I was fidgeting with some goofy bands here and there. And um, I was in the city every weekend, pretty much um, growing up, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half in New Jersey from here. I was going to shows every weekend by the time I was about 15 or 16. And then, well, when I started dating someone in the day when I was about 16 or 17, I was here every weekend, and then during the summers, I was here all summer. Basically, what happened was I moved here straight out of high school, and I was I was kind of in between playing and painting and etching and uh, drawing and all this stuff, and I was kind of just around the scene and around the art scene and just around everything at that point and trying to figure out what I really wanted to do, but I really needed to make money. Cause like I said, I came to the city with really nothing. So I, I really needed to get a job. And, uh, I ended up working at this kind of with all my, you know, I had about 13 piercings at that point <laughs> and most of them were in my face. Um, I got a, and a, you know, a suit and tie kind of restaurant hostess job in rock center at this place called Alfredo of Rome, which had, um, original, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name right now. And I know it so well, but he's a pretty famous illustrator, um, and did a bunch of huge illustrations in there. We had original prints and all this stuff. And it was one of the original restaurants, kind of old school mom and pop where the original one was in Rome from 1913. And 
uh, they had the original fettuccine Alfredo recipe and all this oh. stuff. Mm. They were there for about 13 years and I worked there for about three years and saved my money up. And they ended up getting their rent doubled on them when the lease was up, which ended up being like 40 grand to like 90 grand a month or something crazy like that. And so, you know, I had my own apartment at that point. I saved up and got my own apartment. And um, I was just kind of like, what am I going to do at this point? You know, I had been working 80 hours a week saving up, you know, just bartending and stuff. I was actually ended up a bartender, you know, soon into my job hostessing there. So I was mostly bartending and, um, and you know, I, I, uh, I just kind of said, you know, it's, it's not realistic to really try and be an artist in a year. I mean, I know how the art world works and you really got to have it in you to just do it and really, really put everything into it. And I just didn't, you know, I know you can't rush that. That really takes, you know, a, a long time. And, and I was just kind of like, well, I've always thought about being a luthier. I mean, that was always, always in the back of my head, working on pedals and amps, you know, I used to, you know, bias my amps at home or just fidget with the guitars or try and build some pedals or whatever in the meantime working there you know um and I it was just kind of like well I always wanted to go to school for guitar building and stuff like that my dad was also a carpenter um but I didn't want to go out west I wanted to stay in New York so I I kind of just came up with this list I ended up just saying uh you know Rick Kelly's, you know, the number one person that I'd like to work with because I was following his work throughout high school on the gear page and, you know, I was on the Marshall Forum and and all those, you know, all those online things. I was watching everybody and talking to people and whatever. And uh, I just knew about Rick's guitars and what he was doing and and I just thought it was really cool and I and I just wanted one, but I also felt like you know, the way he was working and what he was working with just resonated with me so well, being so DIY, growing up with the garage sales and all that stuff. It just made sense to me. So I kind of just decided to walk in there one day and uh, and ask him if, if he took on what I called an internship, but really it was more of an apprenticeship, I guess. And, uh, and the first thing he said to me when I walked in and told him my story was, well, you know, I, I can't pay you. And I was like, no, no, no. You know, I, I, I had gotten laid off at that point because of them getting, you know, kicked out the way they did. So I had good unemployment for a year. So that was really the time to focus. And uh, so I was like, no, no, no. You know, I want to learn to build. And, you know, that this is, you know, where I'm at. And this is what I do. And that's it, you know? So he kind of told me to, you know, answer the phone and he'd show me in the back. And, uh, that's kind of where it started. And I've been there every day for seven years, you know? Wow. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect to do custom work there at all. Um, that was something that Rick really pushed me to do. I, I, I went in there explaining to him my art background and I think he, related to it because he has an art background and sculptor background as well. You know, going to going to art school for sculpture after high school and all that stuff and being an abstract painter the way he paints and stuff like that. But um you know, I, I was going, you know, nobody's gonna want this. You know, I wanted to screw around for myself just drawing and seeing what would happen with it. But he was going, You gotta keep wood burning, you gotta keep doing this, you gotta keep doing that. Like you know, it's, it's going to pay off. Like you got to keep doing it. You're really talented with it. And I was just going, no man, everybody wants black eyed blondes and gold tops and bursts. And <laughs> it's like, nobody's going to want this stuff, you know, like, I don't want to do this stuff, but you know, I, I did it. I did it. And I kept getting orders for it. And it's just been nonstop for seven years, which is mind blowing to me, but it's um it's been a pleasure to be able to do everything 
you know? Yeah. Can you, uh, can you go back over uh, one of the things that I think you're known for is this wood burning technique. And for those who maybe haven't seen that, can you kind of explain what it is that you do? So basically, uh, one of the mediums that I work with on guitars is a, it's customizing by basically a really, really hot pen, (laughs) And it goes from about zero to, I think, like 2,000 degrees or something. I mean, it gets cherry red. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I thought that's what the degrees was. But it, it gets cherry, cherry red, and it burns. And I like I like almost carving into the wood with it. And, it, um, you know, I do, I do portraits. I've done everything from pet portraits to just simple scroll work. And a lot of people even think that... Uh, you know, I, I do that kind of leather, leather, floral scroll pattern, like traditional leather work and on the wood burning and people, you know, on the wood, on the wood pick guards or whatever I, I have to do it on. And people do think that it's leather sometimes. So, I mean, ton of different things that you can do with it. But basically it's like drawing, but you're carving slash burning into the wood with with pen you know it's a hot hot pen now is that one of those things i think we need to ask this because so many people when they when there is a unique thing they do and they start doing it a lot and then finally it catches fire but they've been doing it for a long time you know not unlike bands that finally hit the you know and they're like we've been playing these songs for you know 10 years Uh we're sick of playing them but uh, right. right now the spotlight is huge on you and the shop that you're at. So do you think that you could get to the point where you're like, I really need to step back from the burning or is this like, I love it. I'm going to do it forever. Yay. Uh, I just, I think that I have a pretty healthy balance. I have about, honestly, probably about eight months to more so a year waiting list right now between the custom work and builds. So I've got a handful to two handfuls of guitar builds uh, lined up as well as a couple bass orders. And then I also have a ton of custom work. Uh, lined up all the time and I'm always working on multiple stuff so I mean I think that as long as I get to do a bit of everything and then I have my own builds on the side I think that the thing that keeps me going is number one I never do a build the same I haven't done one guitar build exactly the same um, in terms of custom work or anything else I don't use the same patterns everything's done by hand uh, in terms of literally everything, I mean, you know, I might do a T style or an S style, but everyone that I've done is different. There's nothing that's, um, there's just not one that I've built the same. There's always some kind of a spec, whether it be the neck shape or, you know, the pickups or store the, or the, the face of it being a different color leather. If I'm using leather on it, it I've never done one the same. Mm. So, I mean, I think that it keeps me going in that sense and uh, everybody gets kind of something unique, but it's uh, they're all really classic and different. And, you know, I can do a really traditional build uh, like somebody would want, or I can do something completely decked out and crazy, you know, with a bunch of portraits or feathers or <laughs> or leather or like whatever on it i've done all kinds of stuff you know it's just like crazy but wow. it's it's a fun thing you know so i mean i don't really i'm just kind of looking forward to the next thing at this point because i've always got work lined up and i've always got about 10 to 15 projects under my belt at once probably that i'm working on so i'm always talking to a lot of people about different things you know that's something that we really get excited about on our show. And that's really the reason that we started the whole thing is because we appreciate the desire to have something hand built or somebody's fingerprint on that, on a specific thing that they do and to be able to collect those things or have it because you like what they're about and uh, the guitar world offers so many ways into that, whether it's, you know, hand-built guitars, whether it's uh, hand-wired 
pedals or hand painted pedals or hand wired amps or whatever it is or yeah. straps or whatever. There's so many neat ways to get something extremely personal. And that's so hard to do in virtually mm -hmm. any other thing that I can think of in the world right now. I, I, I do think we're in a very unique place and time uh, in, in the guitar world. So, Well, I think it's, it's just kind of a natural expansion of people who buy paintings or sculptures or you know, even jewelry and things like that because mm -hmm. they do want something unique and something that as you said you know someone has their dna thumbprint whatever on it yeah and uh and, and they're looking for something unique and there's something special about having some you know whether it's a handcrafted guitar or a, a painting or a sculpture or whatever yeah Cindy, you mentioned, uh, yeah. you didn't mention like Rick off the cuff. I mean, obviously there's some, a very close tie there. You grew up as a builder in that shop. Can you share maybe mm -hmm. a couple of things that have been really poignant moments in that span of time that you have been handed down from Rick or that you've learned from him or, or that has influenced what you're doing as Cindy right now in the guitar world? I mean, I'd honestly say the number one thing is is really that uh, the outlook on the guitars, even with being, especially with mine, doing so much custom work. Like I've had people be like, even people that come into the shop still, they don't even know that I build. They just look at me and think that I'm, uh, I'm working up front doing whatever with the computer or whatever, or just doing the artwork and I'm not a builder. Um, and I think that the first thing is really that we are building tools, like our number one thing at Carmine Street between me and Rick and, and, and what I've really tried to do and continue with how he makes his instruments is that they're workhorses of guitars, you know, they, they, play good they sound good it's all about the tone it's all about the resonance it's all about the wood and the quality and you know the detail so I mean that's really number one the artwork uh, I love so much and I'm so thankful for and I don't want to ever stop doing it but you know that is for people who can appreciate and I'm so glad that people do but they are guitars and they are tools for making music you know, so that's like really number one for us. Um, in terms of the other stuff, I think that with my experience with Rick, I just feel like I think that as much as I've learned from him, I've also related to at the same time in a way in terms of, say, um, but I've, I've literally seen him, someone pick up a guitar that, you know, Rick doesn't feel that great about that's on consignment or something, just some like junker or whatever that someone wanted to just, you know, try and sell. And Rick said, sure, whatever, we'll put it at this and whatever. But, you know, Rick will be like, no, 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 like, you don't want to buy that, even though they're, like, ready to buy it, you know? He's like, it's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. Like, buy, buy, like, something else or, like, here, have this other thing that's cheaper but better, you know? It's like he doesn't, he's very humble but very true to just, like, just the integrity and everything, with him is is just so cool you know it's he doesn't try and uh he doesn't try and fake people out you know we're we're in terms of the setups in our in the shop i had this conversation with him earlier because everybody else in the city everywhere that i know of is at least like even with like friends like um friends prices or whatever it's like you know $60 or something like that, $50, $60. And his like normal price for everybody tuned up, cleaned up, tightened up, you know, uh, a new strings intonated. Everything is, is $40 for an electric and, you know, just the cost of the strings extra for bass, you know, mm -hmm. acoustics, the same 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's just like everybody out, like a guitar center is like $125 or whatever. And it's just like, he's like, no, like, why, why am I going to, why am I going to charge someone that much money when it takes me like 15 minutes to do? I don't care what anybody else charges. 
it's like everybody else, if they take two hours to do a freaking setup, then that's their problem, not mine. I can do it in like 15 <laughs> minutes and everybody's happy with it. And people come back to me and it is what it is. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it's pretty funny. Like, it's just like, he's, he's done, he's literally been building for over 51 years now and, and, and repairing and everything. And, and he's just a walking encyclopedia. Like it doesn't matter what I come in with or what I talk about. Or I, I, I watched a show on some kind of China, you know, dishes one night and I found them interesting with how they were doing the designs and stuff. And I came in and I was going, Oh, like what's the name of this like type of China or like whatever. I was watching this thing last night. He was like, oh, like this thing? Oh, yeah, this like happened in this year, and this is how they do this, and this is how they do that. And it's like, you could be talking about bugs, you could be talking about <laughs> chairs, you could be talking about plants, you I could be talking that. about freaking taxidermy. It's just like, he knows like so much. It's crazy. So, like, there's never a day that I'm not learning. And I think that. I think it's the same thing. Like me and him always go back and forth where like, he feels like he learns from me too, just because, uh, I mean, he talks about like when he, when he taught in the Smithsonian back in the seventies when he was in Maryland, um, and he had a shop there making dulcimers and acoustics. Um, he taught a marquetry and an inlay class at the Smithsonian museum. And, uh, and he was saying that he would learn as much from the students because he was self-taught and he would look at someone and, you know, they're doing this this way, which, you know, why are they doing this this way? Oh, you know, they're just thinking that way. It's just different, you know? Mm -hmm. And he calls me backwards Cindy all the time, which sometimes helps and sometimes doesn't, but <laughs> I've gotten used to it because it's like anything that he does, I kind of like am like, always like on the opposite end of the spectrum like what about this you know and it's uh, um it's an interesting way of working um but it's it's really cool um i i just like there's we're always learning every day there's there's just so much you know um but i i would say like the number one thing is really about the building and you know the tradition of how he's building and why and you know, even if I don't agree with him being at like $40 for his setup, you know, if I had to carry this on tomorrow, I would keep it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, he did this for $40, like, and that's how he wanted it. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I would keep things the way that he liked them. And, uh, I just really, I just really respect, you know, his, his whole outlook and how he's done things. And it's just very old school and, respectable you know you, you have such a rich life clearly it's nice to see somebody who has that <laughs> who, who actually appreciates it appreciates it so um i i love the idea of being yeah. around somebody that, that that you can organically learn from that doesn't necessarily have to be a like an operational kind of mentor or teacher or something yeah. where, where it's a transactional thing. It's just, you know, that's kind of like what's great about uh, grandparents and stuff is like, you're just going to yeah. learn stuff from them. <laughs> just period. Yeah. I mean, we're very much so like best friends and family. I mean, it's, it's not, not like uh, if I, if I like any time I've like, introduced him as my boss he's like no 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 like, <laughs> like he doesn't even like that he's like no I, i'm not <laughs> you know like whatever but um it, it's just like yeah he's like my best friend you know i see him i've seen him every day and you know i don't have my grandfather in my life who who basically raised me and i don't know my dad anymore and you know uh i i just i've kind of uh He's, he's one of my main, very main people in my life. I keep a handful close and he's really the number one for, you know, almost a decade now. So that's sweet. He is like family to me. You've so adopted it's him. It's a good thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so yeah. do you, do you have any uh, of favorite or more memorable <laughs> builds that you've done over the years? Ooh, oh God, there's so many. I mean, obviously... 
I have kind of two, you know, signature models. And I think the one is, you know, I mean, my signature signature model is the moto, the pickpocket moto guitar, which, you know, growing up with punk and the whole like, just a metal rock and roll kind of a vibe. It's, it's really, um, I wanted to work with leather on my guitars, you know, making my own clothes and stuff growing up. And I ended up making this all matte black guitar, whether it be, you know, a T style, a J style, an S style, or any other kind of, uh, you know, custom shape or build. Uh, I do it all matte black and I do these, these metal inlay position markers, uh, for them. And, um, the face of the body is this black, this textured black leather with an actual zipper pocket on the pick guard, uh, which I call a pick pocket, but a lot of people want to put other things in there. <laughs> um, you mean like spare change? Yeah. But, quarters uh, and things. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever they want to fit in there. I don't know, but, uh, but it's, it's kind of, that's like one of my signature things. And then, you know, I, with the wood burning, um, I, I really like architecture and a lot of the old gothic architecture like the cathedrals and all that stuff i i've always really adored and i ended up in the back of saint john the divine one day in new york on accident uptown and i just looked i you know i walked around to the front and just said i have to do a build like based on a cathedral so i came up with you know the the double horn kind of a you know round bottom thing and and wooden pickup covers to make sure that I could burn on top of those and stuff for the cathedral. And I've done a few different versions of that. And, you know, each one is different, like I said earlier, but, um, I mean, I, I really, I just feel like every build is so different and it's, they're all like most of my builds are either really inspirational and mean something to me. I don't, work any other way you know like anything i do is not just like oh i should just make this like tea style like traditional like whatever even if it's just like even if it is just like a black guard blonde kind of a thing like i did like oh like i'll do like a leather-faced version of that which is like what my thing was with a reverse headstock and a uh, headstock and a skim top neck so that was like my take on that you know mm-hmm. um but if I'm just coming up with anything, it's usually very inspirational driven and it could come from anything that I'm passing by in the street or a simple photo that I see online or something that someone says, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to the people that order stuff, I mean, each of them always have stories that go behind what they're, what they're doing. And most of them do want custom work. So, I mean, some of this stuff is just, it's just very personal and, and, you know, just nice. Um, I think you know, one of my, uh, beautiful stories and stuff like that. One of my favorite, uh, is the, uh, the clash build you did. I, I absolutely love the clash. I ran a clash tribute band for a while and, and, uh, that one. Oh, the clash pick guard. So cool. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love the clash too. I mean, obviously I was very psyched to do that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a custom order too. That was, uh, I've got a few other things in the works that I want to do with some, you know, classic kind of punk stuff and whatever. But, uh, but yeah, that, yeah. I mean, there's just been so many of them, you know, outstanding. Um, well, I think, um, I think that, yeah, I mean, Ian, go ahead. Oh, no, please go ahead. I was just going to say Ian Doherty, who has my original cathedral, he actually wanted to get a second guitar and he wanted me to build him something inspired by a Gibson RD. Um, so I came up with this crazy shape. Um, yeah, and I, and I kind of, uh, he wanted an alpine guitar, though, so I came up with this huge body and it was... Uh, it's on my Instagram. I can't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's, it, it is RD inspired for sure, but it was, um, it's chambered and, 
so I just kept it solid down the middle, uh, chambered both sides of it, and I got a custom pickup. He just wanted, you know, a, a bridge pickup volume and, and a Bigsby on it. <laughs> he wanted just like this, like very like, you know, workhorse kind of a straight up kind of build. Um, but he wanted gargoyles all over it to match the cathedral. So like I did this like chin, I made like this hotel guitar top to go on it, bound it. It was like all natural, but I mean, the thing was just so resonant and it, it was just that, that was pretty cool. Cause that was the first chambered one that I really did. And it was such a big body that, I mean, it sounded like an acoustic, not plugged in. I mean, it was just so loud. And that's what I really love about the pine too, is it's just so, so resonant. And, uh, and just, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, the tone with that pine on pine with the big neck and stuff. is just, it's just awesome. I want one now. I mean, obviously we work with like a whole bunch of different wood and do everything we just mostly work with reclaimed, you know, that's kind of what we're known for, but right. we're, we are known for the pine on pine. And that really is kind of a different uh, monster or whatever you say. That was one of the things that uh, I think w- when Rick was telling us about that, especially the, uh, the pine necks, like that was, that was such mm-hmm. an interesting thing to hear about. So, well, Cindy, I really appreciate you sharing so much of uh, your your story with us. Not unlike when we're, when we were talking to Rick. I mean, I, I told him at the end of the at the end of the interview. I said, I feel like we're we're sitting on you know Grandpa Rick's lap and we're <laughs> at the fire and we're just getting all these great stories. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, hopefully, that's not weird because I'm an adult, but. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, um, but it, it, it's, you know, Tony and I have just been sitting there just like, you know, exchanging glances and with, with Jared and, and just listening to the, uh, to you, to, uh, share. And it's, it's been such a treat and we really appreciate it. Todd really enjoys those types of edits. Oh, too. <laughs> yes. This is going to be the easiest Yay! edit ever. Um, we have. Oh my God. I could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are welcome back at cool. any time. Yeah. Um, we're going to <laughs> go through a couple things to wrap up our show right now. Um, the first of which is uh-huh. Jared's favorite thing, which is would you rather? Yes. Today's would you rather comes from our good buddy, <laughs> Rob Chafe. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just for, for a quick uh, understanding of who Rob Chafe is, he is one of the premier amp fixer-uppers in the whole dang country, I'd say. He's very, very good and thorough. Yes. Check out Mad Cow Amplification uh, on Instagram. Um, yeah. Pretty incredible stuff. So he shared something with us. Go ahead. So you have a gig coming up that requires four different tunings. Holy crap. Four different tunings. Four. Four, e, <laughs> e standard, E flat down a half step, D down one step, and D A D G A D. Dad gad. Dad gad. Dad gad. Dad gad. That's right. <laughs> so there won't be enough time between songs to completely retune for each tuning. Of naturally, you can either bring three guitars or. And switch in between every song in a hurry as the band is waiting on you to start the next song. Or you can bring just one guitar and use a Digitech drop for the flat tunings. All right. What are you going to do? We're going to go to Tony first. Give Cindy a break. She's been talking She's so been much. She's been talking. Yes, we love it. <laughs> uh, J- Tony, go ahead. Give us your answer. Jeez, oh man. I mean, uh, you're, we're not allowed to put like a, a synth guitar in? Nope. No. How about like a, one of those rolling keyboard Choose, guitars? Tony. <laughs> it's would you rather. All right. I'll just do the one guitar because I'm a simple guy and I'll try this <laughs> drop thingy, my Bobby, whatever, but that won't get you to dad gad. <laughs> I don't yeah, think. Yeah, well, I think it, that does that yeah. does it. It'll assist you. I don't know. It'll assist you, but you have to go dad gag and then you know yeah and then use the digitech 
detuner. To do the rest, maybe. I don't Who like knows? this. Would you rather at detuner all? Detuner, <laughs> Rob. I'm. I'm I, I don't Rob's like a, your. I don't like it. You fix. You fix amps really good. Guy. He's a complex I, guy. You just. You're just you're messing a, with my mind. You're a standard tuning <laughs> type of guy. I'm a standard. Why. I'm a cow, cowboy chord playing junkie. That's right. Yeah, I can get behind <laughs> that. Uh, Jared, how about yourself? So I have actually <laughs> used the Digitech. Uh, way and so I know it works and therefore I would use it now if if I were oh man if I were very very particular about the sound that I had and was very very picky I think I would probably just do the guitar switching but if it's you know doing you know cover songs and just doing a bar gig at a local bar where nobody it know, doesn't it's not part of the thing you just got to pick I know but I'm going to do the Digitech thing because I'll end up at the local bar nobody cares place. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, right. shoot name and high. Yeah, sure. name hey. and high. Hey, they just want to hear a song that's somewhat familiar to them and they're in their happy place. I understand that. Cindy, what would you do? Honestly, I mean, uh, I'd, I'd probably just bring the guitars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't know too much about the, dig- the Digitech drop, but, and I, and I, feel like i've actually heard about it and heard good things but i'd probably just put the put the time into making sure that i could tune pretty fast and get shit down and just have things ready there you go I, <laughs> that's that's a totally i mean answer. i don't know yep. i'm just kind of yeah i'm just kind of old school with that shit i don't know i mean There's i like no right pedals and i like all this stuff that they're coming up with but uh yeah, I feel like if I had the choice right now, not knowing that much about that stuff, that's where I'd be at. Well, I'm with you to yeah. a certain degree. I'm bringing my three guitars because I already use three guitars on stage. This one's easy for me. Ta-da! You can't tell, though, when you switch them. They're all the same color scheme. I know, but it's how they're playing with me. The, it's the interaction. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. Okay. So I'm choosing all three. That's what I'm doing. So, Rob, thanks for sending that in. And uh, everybody listening, we would love to hear your would you rathers. If you send them to him, I mean, it's there's a there's like a 90 something percent chance we're going to we're going to do it on here. Tony, Baloney, yes, I am. Bring us home, daddy. Well, at this point of the show, there's a special group of people that we like to thank. That's right. Those would be our executive producers. I love them. And you may be sitting out there in your car, in your bathtub, <laughs> in your lazy chair, yeah. in your hammock, in your radio room, in your, what exactly is an executive <laughs> producer and how can I become one? This is what you got to do. You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and you'll find incredible ways that you can become a patron of this very podcast that you're listening to right Incredible. here. Yep. Hosted by Todd Novak. Mm. He's the coordinator. This is not NPR, dude. Let's go. <laughs> people, rapes. put you that know. in the thing. People, the please, please. You'll see different levels that you can participate in and various prize packages that you get for the various levels. And you get t-shirts and you can get barefoot buttons and you get stickers and picks and the piece de resistance. That's right. The highest level that you can help us out and the most rewarding is would that, be the executive producer level. That's right. And in addition to all these great, 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 great things that you get, Jared, what happens? You get to have your name right on the And phone. that's what I'm going to do right now. That's right. So, oh, looks like, oh, I'm going to start with Doug Gann, who has been a pay, an executive producer. Yep. Or it was at least a patron, and now he is upgraded. Yes, to the executive producer Thank level. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. That's one of my favorite things. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. So, in addition to Doug, he's joined by these fantastic people. That would be Tim Nowak, John Esterly, Chris Heidel, Tyg Harmon, Tyler Bray, John Anglin, Anthony Lanthrop, Johnny Knowles, Stefan Lam, Rick Lenglu. My, Michael McVeigh, Michael Senchuk, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Ken Sayers, Corey Nigro, Brad Partridge, Michael Van Zant, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Chris Kearney, Sean S. 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 John Daly, Martin Cliff, and um, 
What's his name? Tom Barazzo. <laughs> oh, that's the guy. Yeah. Well, we thank you guys so very much. You are helping to keep the lights on, as we say every time, and it's 100% true. We could not do this without your help. Uh, that is that is the absolute reality of of this totally. thing here. And we have, a little, we have a little thankful. fun in this segment, but yeah, really, sure. I mean, all of us really, dear, <laughs> truly, I mean, we, we really do thank you. Yeah, that's it means, true. It means yeah. a lot to us. So uh, thank you for your continued support. Support. And if you're interested, we would love for you to help uh, help us out. Um, Cindy, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Cindy Guitars. Or, uh, I mean, I really don't like using Facebook Messenger, but you can find me on there. And uh, really, I take orders and inquiries through email, which is uh, cindyguitars at gmail.com. Awesome. Sweet. Tony, how about yourself? Well, if you need a special <laughs> pick guard, if you need... Uh I don't know. Yeah, just pick cards. Mostly pick cards. Mostly pick cards. You want to change pickups? I'll, I'll I'll refer you on to a different guy. <laughs> hmm. But let's just say you want something custom. Go over to pickguardian.com. Uh, you can go to my Instagram feed, which is pickguardian and the number one. And I think that also ports over to the Facebook thing. But I'm most active probably on Instagram. Cool, Jared. You can uh, go to Jared at Brandon Wild Pickups email. Uh, to get a hold of me and go to brandonwampickups.com. Check out what I have to offer. And if there's something there that you want that you don't see, just uh, send me an email. Yeah, like like Tony Like did. me. Like yeah. Tony Baloney. You can send me an email, todd at theguitarnobs.com. You can also direct message me on the old Instagram uh, where I spend an overwhelmingly <laughs> large part of my life these days mm-hmm. uh, at, at <laughs> Guitar Knobs. And... I thought it was that in Craigslist, too. I spent a lot of time (laughs) on Craigslist. That is is true. Um, And, uh, Cindy, we just want to say thank you again so much for sharing your time with us. And um, we really appreciate it. And we love what you're doing out there. And we hope that everybody goes and checks you out. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. (laughs) Everybody, have a fantastic guitar week. And subscribe! Yeah! Woo! You have a burning desire. Dadgad. Dadgad. Would you rather? Dadgad. Dadgad. I was so happy. Woo! Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time